In this episode, I answer a student's question about trust, trust of her horse and trust of herself, and how that relates to control. So here we go, episode 83 of Ask Karen Anything, Trust. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Every now and then I give um, subscribers in my video classroom a chance to ask me a question uh, that I can answer on the podcast. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, this time I chose a question from Christiane about trust. And I guess let's just have a listen to her question. Hi, Karen. This is Christiana from Denmark. Something I'm wondering about myself lately quite a lot is trust versus control. My horse Chevy is a macho man and I'm thinking a lot about when should I trust him? When should I control the situation? When should I trust myself? When should I control myself? So it will be quite interesting to hear your musings about that. Thanks for all your work. It definitely changed my horse life and also parts of my not horse life. Thanks a lot. All right. So thank you, Christiana, for your question. And let's uh, dig in. So uh, one thing that people may have noticed, she said in her question, she refers to her horse uh, as a macho man. And so where that comes from is uh, from a book uh, by Dessa Hockley, and it's called Is Your Horse a Rock Star? And I really love this book. I recommend it to people who are um, in my courses. And she just... Um, has a really great way of kind of creating the archetype for your horse based on four qualities. So whether they tend to be more dominant versus submissive, and, and this is all referring to how they are in the herd. Um, so do they tend to be a horse that pushes everybody else around or gets pushed? Where are they as far as high energy, low energy tendencies? Uh, do they tend to be more curious or afraid? Uh, and then are they more friendly and social, or are they more of the aloof type? So the macho man is just the cute characterization of a horse who's um, on the dominant side of things, higher energy side of things, curious, uh, but aloof. Uh, so I, again, I recommend that book. Um, these types of horses have pretty strong ideas about what they like to do. And they tend to really like to do their ideas. <laughs> uh, they aren't interested in a lot of conversations, especially like fluffy conversations about what they're doing. That's the aloof part, right? So they tend to really want to have a job to do. Tell me what to do and then I'll go do it uh, as long as they agree, agree with the job. So they can tend to make, you know, really good competitors at the thing that they like to do because they'll tend to really go for it. They think it's entertaining and they'll put energy into it and they're like, get out of my way, here I go. Um, 
so you can use that. I mean, that's, that's positive if there's a match, but even if what they like to do maybe isn't your main area of focus, you can still use the thing that they really love to do as a reward or as a motivator and kind of blended into your training sessions, um, you know, to kind of get them going on your side and wanting to put the energy into, uh, what you want them to do. Uh, these horses, t and again, this is all generalization, but you know, we have to look for some sort of clues <laughs> to figure our horses out, right? So this is not written in stone. It's just another tool in the toolbox of ways to look at your horse. Um, so you want to, um, try to find what it is that they like to do, right? So, um, these horses tend to like to do things on their own. So the, a more social horse is kind of into the conversation and that's interesting enough for them. These horses tend not to be. They, they want to know what to do, leave them alone. Now I know every horse wants to be left alone when they're doing the right thing, but it's sort of beyond that. It's, it's like for my horses, uh, atomic is more aloof. Ovation is more social. Now, Atomic is very friendly with me and social with me, but by nature in a herd, he tends to not be. So when I reward Ovation for doing something, it sounds a little bit more like I'm talking to a Labrador Retriever or Golden Retriever. When I want to praise Atomic, it's much more stand back and just admire his beauty from afar. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, these horses also, because they're curious and high energy and a little bit, you know, on the more dominant side of things, and please people don't get all crazy by the word dominant and submissive. I know it's not a complete description, but let's just say the D for the dominant here just means that horse tends to push horses around more than get pushed. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to get into a whole dominant and submissive argument here, uh, but you see where I'm going. So these horses can get super creative if what you're asking them to do isn't interesting enough for them. So I could see how it could be possible to get into like a cycle of trust or a cycle of mistrust issues with a horse like this. The horse really wants to do their thing, but maybe you're not so comfortable doing that, which makes you want to control them more, which makes them want to work even harder to get to do their thing. Okay. So maybe it's something like that. All right. So let's start digging into this idea of trust. I think it's a great question just to have an excuse to go, okay, let's talk about trust and trust issues and control. And when do we trust? When do we control? So I think it's a great topic. So thank you uh, for the question. As usual, if you've listened to my podcast, when I start looking into something, I'll tend to, to Google the definition of it, you know, because we have our ideas within the horse world, but sometimes it's good to just step out and go, what does that word even mean? So trust, uh, one of the definitions is, a, it said, um, it's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I think that's a, obviously a pretty good definition, right? So if you trust yourself, you believe that you have the ability to do something. If you trust your horse, you're believing in the reliability usually, um, for them to do something and, and the ability to. 
So then, you know, part of her question was, when do we trust? When do we control? All right, well, let's look up the definition of control. <laughs> so control uh, said it was to exercise restraining or directing influence over, to regulate, to have power over, to rule. So those are the two. So if we're thinking about when do I trust, when do I control, we're saying when, when do I have a firm belief <laughs> and when do I decide to exercise restraint or directing influence. So what's, what's interesting right away is, you know, if you look at trust is the firm belief, then it's not really, like, you know, it's, it's almost not a choice or a behavior. It's a belief. It's a thought. So you either trust your horse or yourself or you don't. Now, sometimes we can not really trust a situation, but we have to act like we do. And I think that comes up a lot with horses, right? We have to go, okay, I can't go around yanking on my horse's face because I don't trust him. I might say, you know what? I don't trust him in this moment, but I'm going to act like I do because maybe my feeling that I don't trust him isn't true, right? We, I think we've had this. We fell off a horse five years ago. We're on a different horse now. And we can get in situations where we know we do have the ability. We know our horse is reliable, but somehow we still don't have that feeling. We don't have that feeling of the belief. And I think this is, this comes up a lot in horses. It doesn't make sense. Mentally, we know we should be able to trust them, but in reality, we don't have that belief. So also, you know, controlling is kind of, it, it's a, it's a verb, right? We're exercising restraint. Trust is a belief. So that might be part of why it seems confusing to try to choose between the two, because they're not exactly, you know, equal. So we're getting into like splitting hairs here and stuff. But I think it's interesting just to look at the words themselves and go, all right. So I could, I think it's possible to um, not really believe, but to decide to give a horse a chance and act as if we trust them. And then I think sometimes it's, it happens that we do trust our horse. And even though we do trust them, we're still restraining them <laughs> or trying to power over them for some reason or another, whether that's, we think that's the technique or we've been told that's the technique, you know, so we're, we're influencing and, and prioritizing control, even if, if we know we could trust them. You know, and that's, that comes back to that sort of domineering, I'm the boss, and you know, kind of idea. So now there's an exercise that I, I love to do, and I have it in my uh, Habits for Excellent Horsemanship course in Module 5. For those of you who are in there, you've probably found this one. But the idea of the exercise is uh, where you practice alternating between 100% following your horse acting like you're trusting them, <laughs> right? So that's the embodiment of believing that your horse, everything's going to be okay, right? You just 100% follow him. And then you um, switch between 100% leading him. So that's how I frame the exercise. I guess you could probably say it's alternating between, you know, 
embodying trust, right? I'm just going to let you do what you want. And then embodying control, we could say that. But I like the idea of following and leading. So maybe we can start to blur some of these ideas together. And, you know, sometimes when you're, um, if you're riding your horse and you're having trouble between controlling and trusting, you know, you're probably someone who wants to trust your horse. But if you don't feel safe, you also want to control them. But you don't want to be a controlling person because you don't want to be a dominating person. So then you might not really want to control, even though sometimes you really should make sure that you could control. So sometimes just a word shift can change. Just think, can you alternate between 100% following and 100% leading? And it's in the transitioning in between where things get interesting because you get to practice feeling the difference when you're giving up the control, <laughs> right? And then when you're taking it back, you do what you want to do. Now I'll do what I want to do. And so the best way to do this exercise is in uh, a confined area where you and your horse feel the most safe, right? So don't start this exercise in the most challenging area, but it's a great exercise to practice on the good days when you're ready to do it and you feel like you're going to be safe so that it's not a safety exercise. It's not, it shouldn't be a scary exercise in that you think, oh my God, something bad's going to happen, but it'll be a really interesting exercise in you seeing if you can mentally, emotionally, and physically transition from I'm disappearing and just going where my horse goes and melting into him in, in every single way, right? Mentally, emotionally, and physically. And then when you say, oh, my turn, I'd like to go over here now or do a yield or whatever it is that you want to do or where you want to go, how quickly does that transition back to the horse going, oh, okay, sure, fine. <laughs> so this is a, an exercise you can really drop into and it gives you lots of chances to practice going back and forth. Because I think when we when we think about trusting and controlling, following and leading, what often happens is that we're not really fully doing one or the other. So you're going to find in this exercise that you might say, okay, well, I'm going to like 90% follow, but I can't help myself from just like touching that rein a little bit or leaning my body weight in a particular way or wishing that my horse would stop doing weird little circles in the corner. All right. Cause even wishing your horse wasn't doing what he's doing is not following hundred percent. And you're going to find that even when you do decide to take back the leadership, take control, if you want to use that word, that it either takes a long time or you don't really get all the way there. Right. So you, you think you're the one leading, but he's still kind of drifting off the rail. Or you're really leading, but it's actually not a 20-meter circle. It's a 20-meter amoeba that's spiraling down the arena. So keep this simple. And again, if, if you're in the horsemanship course, there's um, me a video of me doing this exercise and narrating the whole time and showing it. But I think you can figure it out. So you want to keep doing this until you're able to feel the difference in your mind and your body and your emotions. And then... 
the next layer is then can you alternate between those two in a way that actually feels good to both of you? So you shouldn't, you know, don't make an assumption that whoever is leading is the one that's like winning or happy. Because some, some horses, when you say, I'll just follow you, they like, they're having a great time. They're like, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over there. Finally, I get to just do a big open trot. Some horses will just like do little swirly, weird circles in the corner where they, they just, they look lost. They're like, I, I don't know what to do by myself. And when you actually take over leadership, then they're like, oh, phew. Okay, finally, I don't have to think anymore. I can just go where I'm being guided. And think about how do you feel when you take over the control? Is it like, ha ha, now I've got you? <laughs> or, you know, are you intimidated? Because you're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. You know, don't be mad at me. I'm taking over control. So I think there's just so many possibilities of how that dynamic could be. And I know if I did this exercise on six different horses, I would probably feel six different ways. So I think it's a super, super interesting thing to do um, on your own. And it'll also involve some thinking ahead about, all right, when I do take over the control, you know, looking ahead, okay, when I get to that fence post, I'm going to take over the leadership. And then what are you going to do? Because sometimes I see people take over the leadership and they just start like messing with the horse. But they didn't really think, well, what am I going to ask the horse to do? Are you going to ask for a transition or a yield or, you know, a different line of travel? So to practice thinking ahead, can you think ahead about what you're going to ask the horse to do while you're still following? And can you be 100% leading and then, again, pick a certain fence post and decide that's when I'm going to let go of the control? And notice, you know, notice the attitude that your horse has to it. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it confusing? Is it, um, does he negotiate? You know, like what happens? You're going to find so much information. And it's still not totally a clean separation because I think, you know, at, once you do this separation as much as possible where you can do, okay, I'm just doing one or I'm doing the other. In reality, it's all blended, but I think that's, that's why it can be confusing and why it's so good to separate them out. Because, you know, even if you're the leader, even if you're, you know, quote unquote, controlling the situation, you still need to be trusting the situation, right? Because there's a difference in how it feels to be just a leader or someone who's like, oh my gosh, I think my horse is about to like freak out and explode, <laughs> totally different feeling. <laughs> so you can control, I mean, a really beautiful dressage test done well is controlled or there's like, I'm ripping my horse's head around and sticking his nose on my knee because I think I'm about to die. <laughs> like that's control too, <laughs> but it's a different kind. So having a feeling of trust when you're controlling and then hopefully the controlling is actually just really precise communication. So there's lots of little hairs to split here in the leadership department. And when we're trusting, when we're following, you know, we're trying to do that 100%, you know, part of what allows us to give and follow 100% and trust 
is that we know we can regain control. So there's sort of a measuring of how much potential control do I, do I have? And I know it's so funny. I keep using, you know, in this because it's a conversation about trust and control, I realize how, how little I usually use that word control. So one of the habits for excellent horsemanship is to um, prioritize communication, but be able to control. So control is one of those things you just want to check you could, but it's not something that I really think or talk about. It's kind of like, get that done. Okay, good. We know how to stop and steer and turn. I know I can do that. Now I'm going to focus on communication. So it's just funny as I'm, as I'm re talking about control, I, every time I do it, I feel a little like, oh, I don't, that's not a goal of mine. I mean, it is, but in the background. <laughs> All right. So, um, when you're being the leader, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually controlling the situation. And when you're trusting the situation, it doesn't mean you have to be completely passive. So I love there's a, a, there's a proverb from, I don't know, somewhere that says, uh, trust in God, but tie your camel, right? So the idea is that we should have faith that everything will work out, but at the same time, you do what you need to do to ensure a favorable outcome. So in real life, in real life, we're living between trust and control, between leading and following, or it's like a blended state of leading and following, right? It's a, a dynamic relationship and dialogue, right? So I can be leading my horse to do a canter, and then I follow my horse as he's doing the canter. I lead my horse into a shoulder in, and then I follow him as he does the shoulder. And we have to be leading and following, able to control, but able to allow at the same time, always. So this dynamic relationship, this dialogue, it's a relationship with communication to be able to control, but sometimes choose not to, and then to control in a way that actually feels just like a precise dance. So it in the end, it's not all or nothing. And I think that that blending also can be interesting. So if you think about riding with no reins versus doing dressage, and so this is something that we do a lot in dressage naturally land because, you know, being able to ride with no reins is, I think, an important skill. And it's one of the Every one of my horses, you know, grows up starting to be ridden with no reins first. And then to be able to use the reins as part of a precise communication and connection with dressage. And a lot of times when people think about, okay, sometimes I ride with no reins and sometimes I do dressage. What ends up happening is they ride with no reins and let the horse do whatever the horse wants. And then when they ride with reins, it's like completely dictatorial, you know, controlling and sort of domineering and, and very restricting, very controlling. And so one of the, the other ways that in, in the dressage naturally exercises is to try to blend those two things. Just like we talked about just following and just leading, you can play around with riding with no reins or riding connected in a posture and how do you blend those so kind of similar idea so you can be um, 
precise about the posture and the connection and the feeling of that circuit of energy, yet at the same time, allow the horse to choose maybe the direction. And then you can let go of the reins, but be really precise about the direction. So that's another um, video in the classroom. And it's actually one of the, on my website, dressagenaturally.net, you'll see all over the place, there's like, get some, get three free videos, <laughs> you know. Uh, so you can sign up for three free videos. And one of them is called Freedom Inside the Connection. So that's where I show this. And I actually do this uh, on my horse ovation where um, I'll ride freestyle, so no reins. And I'm doing very precise lines of travel, point to point, stopping from my seat. And then when I pick up the connection, I'll be um, talking to him about that precise feel through the reins and engaged and that connection. But I let him choose the line of direction, which is a really interesting uh, exercise for the rider. The horses tend to like it. But how do you separate that out? How do you say, I'm going to be really precise with the level of engagement, the connection, the alignment within the horse's body in a way. So it's not that he's falling to the side. I'm just letting his brain choose where to go. So that's another really fun one to do. And again, do this in the good moment, on the good day, with the easy horse or whatever, so that you can just really get that concept uh, within your body. So this should not be um, a big argument with your horse. It should just be a really interesting process within yourself. Of course, you're, you need to have the steps of the ability to be precise in your line of direction with no rain. So that's just something that, again, it's a real prerequisite exercise for me, a really basic exercise. Um, if you don't know how to do that, then definitely watch that video and, uh, and get some inspiration that you don't, you shouldn't need your reins for line of direction. And so one of the reasons I keep talking about this, you know, Christiana's probably like, is this really answering my question? But as we, you know, think about the two and we're having to make these choices, sometimes just thinking you have to go all or nothing can be scary, especially if a horse who's got a lot of ideas. Uh, so you do want to practice separating it, but just know that you can um, pick and choose. And sometimes with horses that can be easy to clash with, you know, they're kind of maybe not the, the most, you know, compliant all the time. They're like, but I had this idea and they want to, you know, stick with their idea a little bit. If you get too dictatorial and you're too controlling it, they can sometimes fight more. So you've got to kind of wiggle things a little bit and look for all the areas of freedom within the, you know, there's a few things that you're like, we need this and this and this. And then within that, you have a lot of freedom. So I think that is going to be one of the techniques that might help you that it doesn't have to be a choice between total control and total trust. It's actually more blended. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom 
gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Okay, so now let's look even closer about what we might need to do in order to, to trust our horse. Because there's some realities there, right? So there's reasons why we might not feel comfortable totally trusting our horse. Now in the class, in the video classroom again, uh, there is a video December 2016 and it's called Three Questions for Staying Relaxed on a Green Horse. And so here's a rider and she's got a, um, a young, gangly, energetic horse. And I can tell that she's a little nervous on him. So she's a very lovely rider. She wants to be soft. She wants to follow her horse. But the reality is she doesn't always trust him. So I, I work through this lesson with her. And I think this could be super, super helpful for anybody who's wondering about this trust control, allow, follow, lead idea. And what I do with her is we have a little conversation and I help her to get really precise about exactly what she's not trusting. So instead of just saying, I don't trust this horse or I don't trust this situation, like that's not going to be enough. So if you feel moments where you don't trust your horse, see how precise you can get and see if you can answer the question more like, I don't trust that fill in the blank. So for example, I don't trust I'm going to be able to stop or I don't trust I'm going to be able to turn or I don't trust that I'm going to be able to interrupt it if I feel him getting uh, spooky. And so when you fill in that blank, it's going to give you some clues about how to address the situation and start to create a more trusting situation, right? So if, if you say, all right, well, in order to feel like I can relax, then I would need to know that if I needed to stop, I could, or I would need to know that if I you know, needed to turn that I could, then you can go, okay, great. Let's work on stopping. Let's work on melting to a stop or bending to a stop, or let's work on forehand yields so you can trust the steering more. So it gives you something really precise to go address so that you think, okay, well, if I just had that piece, if I knew that I could stop, if I really needed to, I could shut it down. That's going to allow me to trust more when he gets going. Like let's say you're riding and you have a really big moving horse and that's just how the horse moves, but you're not comfortable with it yet. So then well, let's make sure you know you can stop 
so that then you, you feel okay doing a little bit of a big bounding <laughs> trot for a little while because you're not worried that you might not be able to stop. And then there's the other piece about trusting ourselves. And so you can get just as specific in answering that question. So you need to ask yourself, all right, you know, I don't trust that I fill in the blank. You know, it might be, I don't trust that I'm not going to pull on his mouth. And, you know, maybe the horse gets more excited if you get too much in their in his mouth. And you're worried that you're not going to be able to not pull. Or you might say, I don't trust that I'll be able to stay relaxed if he even just does a little spook. <laughs> or I don't trust that I'm going to be able to keep my balance if he you know, does whatever it is that he's doing. Or I don't trust that I'm going to be able to, you know, forget that time five years ago that I rode that horse that once bucked me off, you know, all the way back then. So I don't trust that I'm going to be able to keep my focus or whatever that is. I don't trust that I'm not going to be able to um, keep myself from getting frustrated or mad at him or whatever it is. And so again, how you fill in that blank for yourself is now going to give you clues as how to address the situation, right? If you say, well, I don't, I don't trust that I'm going to be able to not pull in his mouth. It's like, okay, great. Let's do exercises for that. That's our homework. <laughs> you know, let's, let's do exercises with the reins, taking a hand off and putting it on and practice giving whatever we need to do for that. Or if it's, I don't trust, I'm not going to be able to, you know, control my emotions. Well, then we can do some breathing exercises or some other exercises to focus your attention where it needs to. So you want to be really conscious coming in. So a lot of times when there's trust issues, it, be, it becomes emotional and it becomes a little bit, a little bit overwhelming. I was going to say, it doesn't really make sense. Can things be a little bit overwhelming? <laughs> anyway, but that's how they can get overwhelming because things compound. We come in and go, I don't trust this whole thing. And often it's not the whole thing. Often it's one piece. And if you can find the first piece <laughs> and address that. And then like for me, I need an action plan. I don't like to just sit around. I don't like a feeling of like, okay, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't trust it. Something's going to happen. Well, what exactly what? And another thing you want to be conscious about is reviewing your evidence. You know, review past evidence and, and know that what your abilities are, right? So trust is about knowing your abilities and believing they're going to work. So, you know, it's sometimes you're in a situation you don't trust. And when you review the evidence, you go, yeah. I don't think I should trust this situation. And here's my reasons why, right? So that you know you don't get yourself past threshold and past your abilities or past your horse's abilities. Another um, exercise that I like to use is a thing I call maybe today, right? So if you're feeling like you're in a situation that you don't trust, you have choices, Again, if it's maybe you're working on something that's um, just on that threshold, right? Like you feel safe in the arena, but you don't feel so safe riding outside the arena. 
And it's and every day you're like, okay, I should try riding outside the arena. And then it gets you all worked up and it makes it that anxiousness um, makes it hard for you to relax, which makes it hard for you to get along with your horse. You know, and then it just compounds, which makes you want to control things even more. And now the more you control things, the more you're not sure if you can trust it because you're so busy controlling it. You can't tell (laughs) if you can trust it or not. So I like to have ways of taking the pressure off in those moments. So to use that analogy of, all right, let's say you feel comfortable riding in the arena, but you're not so comfortable riding out of the arena. I would go into the arena instead of thinking, okay, today I'm going to make myself ride outside the arena. (laughs) That might not be so fun. You could ride in the arena going, maybe today I'll ride outside the arena. Maybe today. Because built into that is maybe not today. (laughs) So it's going to train yourself. If you raise that question, maybe today I'll do it. You're training your brain to weigh the evidence, take stock and decide what is going to make you feel like today is the day and what's going to make you feel like today's not the day. And then again, ask if you're not coming up with the answers, ask yourself the question, maybe today. Well, nope, not today. Why not? (laughs) Well, if only I could fill in the blank and get specific. If only I could keep his attention in every part of the arena, then I'd feel like doing it. Right. So, and this is where journaling comes comes in handy, um, writing things down. So you keep, you keep stock. And then you also want to have, um, techniques to help you focus on the present moment, right? So trust is about your belief that things are going to work right now. So one of the important things about trust is that you're focusing on this moment, You're not in that state where you're remembering five years ago where you got bucked off. You're on this moment. So just making sure you have techniques to help you focus on this present moment will really help with trust issues, right? Because trust is you don't believe it's going to work. Why not? Probably because of something that happened in the past, (laughs) you know, or right now you're not ready. So, but if you find something right now, right now, Uh, right now, it's like, well, I can't trust them because I can't steer. Then it's not usually a problem because then you go, well, I just got to work on steering. And that's what you do that day. But I think where trust comes, comes is a problem is when um, your attention is on the past, which is making this moment seem worse than it is. That's when it gets confusing. If there really is an issue now, then we work on that issue. (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) All right, so techniques that keep you focused in the present moment, things like breath work, um, open focus meditation. So I have in my shop, you can find a mindset and planning audio series. They are meant to walk you through um, a process of getting in the state of being in a present moment with your horse before, during, and after your ride. There's a technique of narration that some of you may have heard me do. And that's where when you're riding, you're actually talking out loud, saying exactly what you are doing. And now I'm going down the long side and then I'm going to turn the corner and here I am on the circle. <laughs> so it's a, it sounds silly, but um, it's super, super helpful to keep your brain busy in this present moment. 
And then, of course, we need to think about what does your horse need from you in order to trust you? So that's a really good question to ask yourself. Sometimes we're so busy thinking about what we need from our horse in order for us to trust our horse or for our horse to feel trustworthy. Well, how about you? What does your horse need from you in order to trust you? Does he need you to be clearer? Does he need you to be calmer? Does he need you to be more consistent? Does he need you to be more balanced? Does he need you to be here in this present moment? That's a guarantee. So sit yourself down, ask yourself some of these questions. I think it's a great topic to ponder because there's so much trust necessary to play with horses and have it turn out well, right? If not just control them, strap them down, shut their mouths, (laughs) kick them into gear and make them do stuff. Eh, You don't need much trust there. But I think the way we want to, if you're listening to this podcast called Horse Training and Harmony, then there's got to be trust. It's got to be trust of yourself, trust in your horse, and the horse needs to trust you. So first step is to recognize if and when there is a trust issue for the horse or the human. Super important. Just to stop and go, I think there's a trust issue here. (laughs) Then you can begin to solve it. And just make sure you can clearly identify if there's any challenges that you and your horse are experiencing that might be related to trust. And then get super specific. What do you need in order to trust your horse? And once you can start to get specific and you can start to experience these moments of flowing between leading and following, of dropping the reins, but still being precise, and taking the reins, but still being following. So you start with 100% black and white, and then you start to blend things together. And the more you can identify the mental, emotional, physical differences between leading and following between precise communication and yeah, the ability to control if you needed to. And then how that feels when you really trust and when you can get really precise about what piece you don't trust. So in that way, it doesn't just become this big overwhelming, I don't trust anything moment. Before you don't trust anything, there's usually one thing you don't trust and start there. All right. I really hope you let me know how this episode helps. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.